to Denver Sports Tonight. Taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. DenverSports.com. the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. What is up? It is Denver Sports Tonight. I'm your host, Cecil Lammy, and what a scorcher we have today, not only because of the heat outside, but also on tonight's program, introducing uh, one of my good friends, one of the young guys out there at Centura Health Training Center. I always got to get that right. His name is Gage Madrid. He is from Denver Broncos Syndicate. You can check him out on YouTube and all the social networkings. Gage, Welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, it's great to see you, and it's great to hang out and talk football with you because during training camp, here's my thing. I always want to watch practice. I don't really want to, like, catch up. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be like, okay, what's what's going on with the team? What's going on with the Denver Broncos? You are the same way out there, so uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes look for everybody. You and I usually watch practice together. Best spot in the house. I absolutely love it. It's cool shade trees over there. Yeah. Best yeah. best view in the house. So anytime you come out to training camp, come find us in the trees. Yeah, we'll be in the trees out at training camp, and uh, we'll be talking about this Broncos team. Listen, I feel, and I said this over Twitter, over the last three days, I might have learned more than the three weeks of training camp because we're here to see the Broncos offense. And during training camp, things are a little bit vanilla. But overall... And I think it was within the first day or two, Jaleel McLaughlin started to show out. Yeah. I think he's been one of our favorites. You and I have been talking about him longer than pretty much anybody else. I always give it up to Matt Waldman, rookie scouting portfolio. He was talking about him in January. Nobody's going to beat Matt. No. But when the Broncos added Jaleel McLaughlin, I wrote at denversports.com. You talked about it on Broncos Syndicate. Like, watch out for this kid. He's made it. Just how excited are we for Jaleel McLaughlin in this Broncos offense? Extremely excited. He's such a dynamic playmaking threat, both in the run game and the and the pass game. He can find his way through just the tiniest little crease between the tackles, and he can hit that hole and explode for a massive gain. Um, the comp that you have given for him is Philip Lindsay with hands, and that's a comp that I absolutely love. This cat is an extremely explosive playmaker. When you get the ball in his hands in open space, he can make linebackers, he can make safeties look look absolutely silly out there. Yeah, which is incredible because he is a smaller back. I think Phil was a little bit larger than him, maybe yeah. 5 pounds, maybe 10 pounds. But when you have a small back like that that can make plays, it's just special in and, and – Honestly, and this is the thing for, you know, anyone that watched training camp, it didn't take long to see that talent come to the surface. He is uh, there early every day. He's running stairs at 6 a.m. Russell Wilson is like, that guy beat me to the facility. I I think it's the compilation of everything we've seen from Jaleel McLaughlin. You've got the finger on the pulse of the fan base. These fans love that guy. Like, he's already become a fan favorite and he had a carry in the regular season yet. 
Yep, and it's a very similar rise to Philip Lindsay in that respect, man. He got that love from the fan base in training camp. He got all those he got all those looks during especially that San Francisco game that really endeared him to the city of Denver and to Broncos country as a whole. I mean, this guy, he's just a story that you want to root for. He spent some time in his early years of high school actually in homelessness. Right, living homelessness, in his car. Lived in his car in the back of his Ford Focus, slept in the back of his Ford Focus. And just the way that he was able to keep his head down and stay focused on football and stay focused on getting out of that, that's a story that certainly resonates with me and I know resonates with this city. We, we're, we're behind those kind of guys 100% as a fan base. Of yeah, we're Broncos. ready for Jaleel McLaughlin to take off this season. And over the last three days, and this is what stinks, but, like, it's whatever. It's the media policy, so I can't do anything about it. I can't really say what we've seen out at practice, but, Gage, how exciting is it to think that we may see a Jaleel McLaughlin split with Javante Williams. Samaje can still be Samaje. Yes. And I think that in the red zone, I think that in two-minute drill, that's where you're going to trust a veteran more so than the rookie. Not that Jaleel can't do it. But how exciting is it to envision a one-two punch that is true thunder and lightning and taking nothing away from Samaje Ryan, who's just more thunder. Yes. Right? It's thunder and thunder. But when you can actually hit him with the punch of Javante Williams and then hit him with the lightning of Jaleel McLaughlin, I'm not saying 50-50. In fact, the way that I put it is he'll get about 20% of the snaps. This is something in training camp we just hoped would happen. But the great thing about Sean Payton if you're going to make plays, he's going to play you. Absolutely. I mean, I think we are going to see Jaleel McLaughlin get somewhere around 10 touches per game, I feel like. Maybe four or five touches in the run game and then a couple touches in the passing game as well. And he's going to have a chance to have a rushing stat line that's like five carries for 55 yards. I mean, that's the kind of explosive threat that Jaleel McLaughlin gives you. So it's really exciting to think about. You've got Javante Williams, who's really that angry runner, that guy who's going to drag that linebacker for a four or five yard ride down the middle of the field. Right, after contact. <laughs> after contact, absolutely. So we're still going to have those angry runs from Javante Williams, but we're going to have angry runs from Jaleel McLaughlin as well, just in terms of that shiftiness. And he has patience that I feel like is underrated. I don't think people highlight that enough. Yeah. I mean, I watch him out there and it's almost Le'Veon Bell-esque in the way that he lets his blocking develop out there and really has a vision for for the holes out there, and he hits them with just absolute, absolute vigor and just toughness, and I love to see that out of a running back. Now, I want to know this, because our man Richie Carney, of course, is wearing Michigan State gear. There's hardly a day that goes by that Richie does not wear Michigan State gear, so Gage, I, I have to know, and I'm going to call you out, brother, okay? Yeah. It's your first day here, joining me as a special guest here, Gage Madrid. You didn't bring up Le'Veon just to suck up to Richie over there, did you? No, the I didn't. Michigan did not. State thing, no? Are you sure? I, I brought up Le'Veon to suck up to the fans of patient running backs. <laughs> well, that's what it is, too. And I remember Le'Veon Bell, it was a different back in college. Like, he was a larger back. But then, you know, you saw that light weight loss. You saw him become a little bit quicker. And then you definitely saw that patience where he was just waiting, waiting until the right opportunity. And that's something with Jaleel McLaughlin, I don't think a lot of people have picked up on. No. This young man can make field-flipping plays, like 80 yards to the house, touchdown, let's go Broncos, you're going to be jumping up and down. But he waits for it. 
Yes. He's like, uh, you know, very patient before he hits that home run hitting speed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very, that's a, a, again, a very underrated trait of his game. And that's something that's going to bring just a positive element to this running game. And again, the true lightning and thunder dynamic that this team thought they were getting with guys like Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman or Philip Lindsay. This has the chance to become what? I feel like the team envisioned with those particular players. Right, right. And Sean Payton, we know, has a history of using two backs. Yes. And it doesn't matter who that second back is, whether that second back is Darren Sproles, whether that second back at one time was Pierre Thomas, Deuce McAllister worked in a committee, like, and I know Deuce was before his time, but like, if you look back at his history of Saints backs, it's Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. That's the one, that's the pair most people think about. But there were other pairs, whether it was a Ty Montgomery there, like there were other jokers. And yes, we got caught up in Greg Dulcich being the joker. We'll get to Greg in just a little bit. He has not necessarily changed my outlook for him in three days, but there's there's some talking points we need to get to in Greg in just a little bit. But everyone get excited about him as the joker? No, 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 no. Jaleel McLaughlin, the explosion that this team needs that maybe you don't, it's not provided with other players. We could say probably easily Jaleel McLaughlin's the most explosive player on their offense. Absolutely. I mean, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's a threat to break out for 75, 80 yards every time he's on the field. And defenses have to account for that with the personnel that they put on the field. They have to put speedier personnel on the field to account for that. So that's just going to change how defenses approach going after defending this Denver Broncos offense. So that's what a playmaker in Jaleel McLaughlin can do for you when you're a play designer like Sean Payton or Joe Lombardi, our offensive coordinator. That's what can be done in this offense. So that's just the that's just a dynamic threat that Jaleel McLaughlin brings. Well, if you want to be excited about the Denver Broncos, one, you should be, okay? Nathaniel Hackett is long gone, and you and I had to watch those practices together. That was not fun, No, okay? I enjoy talking football with you. But when they weren't doing anything, there's nothing to talk there's about. There's nothing to talk about, right? What are we doing? Like, they're just jogging Talk through. through like, what, there's just nothing with Nathaniel Hackett. With Sean Payton here, I think everyone should be excited. And Broncos fans, for sure, should be on the Jaleel McLaughlin train. Should he change his number, though? Yes. You don't like the 38. Why doesn't anybody like 38? I don't think 38 is a number that is conducive of a running back. I just don't. I'd want it. I want something. Mike like Anderson 20. was pretty good. Okay. 1,500 yards and a 38. All right. Fair I'll enough. Go I'll go to our friend Reggie Rivers, right? Reggie was always good. It's before your time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's always funny talking to you like 20-year-olds. Like, oh, yeah, Reggie Rivers, before your time. Three Amigos, before your time. At least I know the name. Yeah, of course. You know your Broncos history. You know the history of Sean Payton as well. And this is the way I put it on Orange and Blue today or on on Denver Sports Tonight or filling in on the drive or whatever. Whenever I have a microphone, I'm telling everyone, just believe in Sean Payton. Believe in the process. You mentioned patience with Jaleel McLaughlin. I'm going to express patience for the fan base because the last thing that I want to hear, well, two things. One, I don't want to hear Jared Stidham is going to push Russell Wilson. That's ridiculous. No. Mike Evans was promoting that. Um, I already made fun of Mike. JJ, we don't need to play the audio again. I made fun of Mike. They played the audio. Like, it's fine. Mike Evans, I enjoy your mom jeans. But either way, like, (laughs) I don't want to hear that. But I definitely don't want everyone to think, you know, there's a Super Bowl in sight this year. Could they? Will they compete? Of course. It's Sean Payton. They're not going to not compete. But 
At the same time, I think this is a building process. I think 10 wins is possible. Yes. But you find those gems. Look at all the undrafted gems. Talk to Elijah Garcia today. Talk to Thomas Nkoum today. Talk to Jalil McLaughlin today. Like, look at all these gems that Sean Payton is uncovering. And then, as we've said, like, if you can play, you can play. But this year, I think, is about building a foundation for the future. Go win seven, eight, nine, ten games. Whatever that number is, everyone wants to take a stand, Gage. But it's like, eh, I just want him to build a strong foundation. And that's why I believe in Sean Payton. Absolutely. There's a long-term vision and a long-term outlook for this team. This is a five-plus-year project to get where I feel like this team really hopes to get to. And that's dynasty levels that's competing with teams like the Kansas City Chiefs that's going to take time but just like in New Orleans that first year of Sean Payton being there was all about laying that foundation they had obviously guys like Reggie Bush and Drew Brees who helped expedite that but they came to the city of New Orleans and the New Orleans Saints organization when they were really at their lowest point and not to compare the two cities obviously right, it's a very right. different situation here yes. in Denver but um just I feel like from an organizational perspective the Broncos really are at a low point in their organization and Sean Payton has a long-term outlook and a long-term vision for building that up and that's all about acquiring the right personnel, guys who really are going to give 110% effort at all times on the field. Sean Payton is not going to accept anything less than that. He's got to find his guys. He's got to find his guys. You know, Absolutely. that's what training camp was about. Like, oh, who's his guys? Yep. And as much as maybe we rooted for an Albert Okwebenam to make the team, right? Yeah. And especially in that final game, like, I felt so great for Albert O. It's just, that's, he's not a Sean Payton guy. Nope. And I'm not going to say Sean Payton is wrong for not keeping Albert Okwebenam. Albert O, the die had been cast. He needed to show more sooner. He showed more with two weeks to go. It was too little too late that for Albert That was too Quaybenam. little too late. And for me, it's just, who's a Sean Payton guy? You know, I know some fans and even some of the media had promoted Montreal Washington. Is this great? Whatever. And it's like, is he a Sean Payton guy? And I'm not going to do a victory lap, whatever, because people losing their jobs. Yep. I said that the day that Montreal was cut because everyone expected me to just go off and be like, Isaiah Pacheco's not getting cut. But the thing is, is like, it's a Sean Payton guy. Who's his guys? Who aren't his guys? A lot of former New Orleans Saints are his guys. I'm okay with that. And that's why I don't take any issue with Sean Payton bringing in a lot of former New Orleans Saints players. Right. Because right. they're his guys. And I want to echo something that Will Lutz actually talked about. That was great what Lutz said. Yes, it is. Because he's actually fearful of disappointing Sean Payton. And that's mm -hmm. going to motivate him and a lot of these other former New Orleans Saints players to play well for Sean Payton. Because they, don't, they know what happens when they let Sean down and it's not pretty. So that's something that I feel like is going to be going to be exhibited a lot to the individuals who are not used to how Sean Payton does things. And that's definitely been a bit of a shock for some people here in Denver. Yeah, some like. people covering the team and some people that are on the team. Yes. But here's the thing, like you're going to get it done his way. I've always said co teams take on the personality of their coaches or their quarterback. Well, their quarterback's personality, you know, is – is dampened this year. Like, it's not as much about Russ. And we'll get into Russell Wilson a little bit later in the show. Cecil Lammy, Gage Madrid, uh, Denver Broncos Syndicate. Um, for me, it's about finding your guys, building with your guys, and then crafting a team that can make a run of the Chiefs, that can push for the division title, that can push for a deep postseason run. They could be a wild card team this year. 
But does it help them if they're a wild card team and they get bounced like the Chargers, you know, in, in a you know, disgrace fashion like the Chargers did last year against Jacksonville? Or does it help to, like, build, barely miss the playoffs, but then be stronger for the next year? Like, okay, I'll take a playoff appearance because it's been a dry spell around here. But I just want to find out who Sean Payton can find to stick on this roster. That includes a toughness. And Will Lutz also brought this up. He said he didn't want to disappoint his coach. But he also talked about the appreciation of having someone love you. Like these players, and it doesn't matter if it's little Jordan Humphrey or any of these Will Lutz, any of these former Saints. The reason why Saints West is not a bad thing is because you're getting players that understand their coach loves them. You know what they're going to do? You know what Will Lutz would do? He'd run through that wall for Sean Payton. Absolutely. You know what little Jordan Humphrey would do? He'd run through that wall for Sean Payton. And that's the great thing about finding your guys and then bring them Adam Troutman. You know what Adam Troutman would do? Run through that wall for Sean Payton. And that's the type of cohesion that this team has been missing. Who would have done that for Nathaniel Hackett? Who would have done that for Vic Fangio? <laughs> Not many. Yeah. Not many. You know, who would have done it for VJ? I love VJ. I feel John stripped him of his power. Sorry, John. I still want to go drinking with you. Um, but, like... Yeah, I mean, who had that cachet? Sean Payton almost has his own energy, his own gravity, right? He's there's like this aura yes, surrounding him. Orange aura around him. He's like Rick James. Yes. Either way, you know that Sean Payton is here to set things right with this team, and I think that's where this Broncos team can win, again, 7-10 to 10 games. You want to pin me down on one, I'm going to tell you nine. If you want to say ten, I'm not going to argue with you, you know, because we're at that point, it's like, I just want the Broncos to be good, and I know that they're still, and we saw this at training camp, like there's still some work to do. Yes, very much so. But I just want the Broncos to be respected again. And it feels like the Broncos are not respected by the best organizations in football right now, like the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, there's a certain lack of respect there. I remember one time in a post-game interview, Travis Kelsey repeatedly referred to the Broncos as the Raiders. He, there was no, I mean, of course it could have been just a Freudian slip, but to me that wasn't, mm. no, that mm. was just exhibiting disrespect for the Broncos. So. Travis Kelsey disrespecting the Broncos? No. Yeah. Not Travis. Yeah, it's going to happen. That's what I feel like fans want out of this team is for the team to just be respected again as a top organization in the NFL because for a long time that's how the Broncos have been thought of throughout outside fan bases as well as inside Denver. The league circles. Yeah, the league yeah. circles, exactly. Mm-hmm. And right now the Denver Broncos don't carry that kind of weight, and it's unfortunate, but that's the situation that by decisions of their own they have found themselves in. Right, and now it's time to set things right, and the way that you do that is you win. Yep. You know, I think the numbers were out. I heard our man Patrick Smythe, who I love dearly, who started the same year with the Broncos as I did, covering the Broncos in 2004. He was saying, like, oh, the numbers are, like, the most viewed in the preseason, and there's only four teams that were up there. It was, like, the Bills and the Chiefs and the Packers and the Broncos. So, like, that fan base is there, but also at the same time, that fan base has been sold a bill of goods. I was excited about Nathaniel Hackett. I was excited about the prospects of Aaron Rodgers, right? And when you do what I do and when you do what you do, like you're going to make calls and you're going to be excited about stuff, and it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And with Hackett, we saw it pretty early on, and pretty early on might have been training camp. But either way, the fans are there. 
you know this. You know this from your Denver Broncos Syndicate channel on YouTube. Like, the fans are there. They are passionate about this team. If you start winning, now the Broncos are darlings again. Yes. And I will say this. The Broncos starting to win again will just inject an energy into the city of Denver and the Broncos country community as a whole because it extends well beyond the city of Denver and the state of Colorado. But when the Nuggets won, it injected that sort of energy. And when the Avalanche won, it injected that sort of energy. But football, I feel like, is on a much bigger scale. And it's going to inject just that sort of aura and energy, but on a completely elevated level. Right. And Mike Evans would always say, it's the second time in the show I brought up Mike Evans. This time for a good reason. Because <laughs> we're not talking about Jared Stidham. Shout um, out, Mike. Evans said, you know, how is the parade attendance? You know, the Avs parade attendance is going to be a certain level. We're all excited about it. Let's go, Avs. The Nuggets parade attendance is going to be a certain level. If the Broncos were to win another one, with or without Russell Wilson, I don't even think Russ is part of this conversation. Yes. The Broncos parade would eclipse those other two. Like, and I'm not going to say double, you know, I don't want to make hockey fans or basketball fans mad, but like, we all can admit the Broncos run the show in this town and they've been so downtrodden that, you know, fans... Fans are only going to put up with so much. And I think Broncos country is in kind of a let me see it before I buy it again. And I'm okay with that. There's a lot of cautious optimism surrounding the Denver Broncos from Broncos country. Just the overall pulse I'm getting from the fan base is that they want to be optimistic, but optimism last year led to the sheer disappointment that was last season. So you can't go full-blown, put your orange and blue blinders on and not point out the flaws that this team does have and the tempered expectations that I feel like fans need to have for this year. Right, and at the same time, we can't all be like Debbie Downers or whatever. I've often said this about fans, and there's also media outlets that I'll get into, you don't have to get into, but it's like not everything is awesome, okay? I want to tell people as accurately as possible, as someone who attends every practice, as someone who goes to open locker room, as someone who watches and charts plays in every game in the National Football League, as someone who scouts and consults for teams professionally, like I just want to tell you the truth about this team. And the truth is you should be excited, but the truth also is they don't have enough talent yet. Like, they don't have enough Sean Payton guys. Yes. Like, if you make it to the league, and I remember years ago, Mark Schlereth, God bless Mark Schlereth. We can't say enough good things about Stink. But I was on, uh, when I first started on the air with Stink, because Stink gave me my opportunity, and uh, I was on 760 The Zone, and I was like, this guy sucks, that guy sucks, whatever. <laughs> we go to commercial break, and Stink leans over to me and goes like, hey, hey, you make it to the league, you don't suck, okay? And I was like, that's right, but he still sucks. Like, you know, I'm a moron, whatever. Um... I think that they have talent. They don't have enough Sean Payton guys. And that's why this will be a collection. That's why you see four undrafted guys make the team. That's why you see the practice squad, you know, features. You and I like Taylor Grimes. Yes. We like Taylor Grimes immediately. Now, he kind of faded as training camp went on, which is the truth. Again, not everything is awesome, everybody. And if you want that as your coverage for the team, God bless you. I, you know, whatever. I just want the truth. And the truth of the matter is they need more Sean Payton guys. And I know that will come because Sean Payton will not have it any other way. It's just not going to happen all this year. 
then that couldn't be a realistic expectation for all that to happen this year. Sean Payton is going to accumulate more guys who fit the long-term vision of what of how he wants to build this team. And this year we saw that with him going about waiver claims. I mean, he brought in someone like David Sills who can make an impact both offensively as well as on special teams. That's a hard-working, blue-collar kind of guy. And those Could are- David Sills be his Taysom Hill? David Sills was a you're, – you're going to do a video on this on YouTube. Give me a quarter every time you say it. David Sills was 13 years old when I think it was Lane Kiffin offered him a scholarship. A scholarship. As a quarterback. Now, in the pros, he's become a wide receiver and a special teams player, and I've talked to David for uh, probably four or five years now. So maybe he's not that quarterback, whatever, Taysom Hill, whatever – but if there was a Taysom Hill on this team, if he was active, could it actually be David Sills? Very possible. And if I'm not mistaken, the guy who initially spotted Taysom Hill for what he could become in New Orleans was Mike Westoff. Mm-hmm. So Mike Westoff could have seen something very similar in David Sills. Did Still, Mike Westoff follow all of us on Twitter? Yeah, I like think the first so. day he was hired. Dude, he followed like, me on Twitter right away. Mike Westoff followed me on Twitter. Okay. All right. Okay. That's a, so he followed you. Yep. Where's Richie Carney at? I bet you. I bet he followed Richie. Unless he's is he anti Michigan State? No. But Westoff, like, that's an eye for talent. That's a guy that can spot it quickly. And the best thing, Gage Gage Madrid, Denver Broncos Syndicate here with me, Cecil Lambie, Denver Sports tonight, is those guys see it quickly. And it's why I love talking to Sean Reno. It's why I love talking to Orlando Franklin or whoever. Like. Those guys, coaches and players, they see things so quickly. You and I, guys like you and me, we got to grind. We got to yep. look at it. We got to watch. We got to be there every day. We got to take notes. But that's the thing. Talking to those guys, you see it faster. You understand it faster because that's the way that they see it. They're, they're, they're a trained eye. I'd say after 20 years, I have a fairly trained eye. Um, and that's something like it just takes time. Guys like that, I mean, it's, Westhoff is just, he's forgotten more about football than you and I know together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that dude will probably spot just the smallest ounce of talent that anybody has and the smallest ounce of potential that anybody has. And I imagine he's somebody that would harshly lobby for that guy to get on the field. Okay. We'll see if David Sills can be the Broncos version of Taysom Hill. That was a little off track, but I had to throw that curveball at you. It's Cecil Lammy, Denver Sports Tonight. Gage Madrid, my special guest. He's from Denver Broncos Syndicate. What about Russell Wilson? And what about the last three days have me excited about Russell Wilson? I'll spill the beans as much as I can. Coming up next. It's Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. That's right, Denver Sports Tonight. Cecil Lammy. I want you to go to denversports.com. I want you to bookmark it. Go there every day. Top Denver Sports News. We're talking abs, Rockies, Nuggets, Broncos, Buffs, and more. It's all at your fingertips. DenverSports.com. Go sign up for that Denver Sports Daily every day, Monday through Friday, to your inbox. The top Denver Sports News right to you for free. You've got a life we don't. It's the Denver Sports Daily available at DenverSports.com. Friend of mine, Gage Madrid, in here. Denver Broncos Syndicate. Check him out on YouTube, all the socials. And, Gage, you and I have seen Russell Wilson change. Again, at the top of the show, I mentioned that you and I watch training camp practices together because we're taking notes and we're paying attention. Yep. Anyway, 
people do everything differently, but you and I do it a different way. Um, we saw Russell Wilson show a lack of timing. We saw Russell Wilson show some poor footwork. And then as camp went on, I think Russ seemed to get it more in terms of the timing, the route combinations, the concepts of this offense. And that's why the last three days especially, and I'll tell you more in a little bit, I think we're we're going to get a better version of Russell Wilson than people even thought training camp. I think we're going to get a better version than people think. Yeah, and not to get into like schematic specifics, but things are going to be set up for Russell Wilson to be successful, to have a high completion rate especially. So this is going to be an offense that Russ is going to get his hand, get his, get the football in the hands of his playmakers and let them do their job. Yeah, so that's, yeah and get it into him quickly. And get him in that. Yes, get him into them quickly. I wasn't sure if we were allowed to say that. Yeah, part. yeah. Well, the Broncos are listening. If we're not allowed to say it, trust me, I'll get a phone call. But, like, it's that quickness, it's that tempo, it's that short passing that can set up Russ to be the best version of Russ. Whatever that is, whatever's left with Russell Wilson, I believe Sean Payton can get it out of him. Absolutely. If there's anybody that can, it is Sean Payton. And again, that ball's going to be coming out of Russ's hands at a lightning fast speed. So it's going to limit the risk that Russell Wilson takes. But at the same time, we're still going to see those moon balls from Russell Wilson that are patented from him. That's not going to go away. Sean Payton is not going to take probably Russell Wilson's best weapon out of the tool chest. But at the same time, he's going to give him more more tools that he can use to be successful, and one of them is going to be getting the ball out quickly. Well, and one thing I love, and speaking of tools that are the best for Russell Wilson, Sean Payton's given him the green light to run. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he's given him the green light to run if he's running the play as designed. There will be some scrambles. There's always scrambles. But it's not like Russ is out there. Nathaniel Hackett let him do too much and get away with whatever. Pete Carroll and him fought all the time. That's why I knew three years ago Seattle wanted to get rid of him when everyone was like, what are you talking about? Seattle loves him. Like, no, Seattle doesn't love Russell Wilson. Uh, That thing was over. That thing was done. But it's nice to see Coach Payton say, Russ, you want to what? You want to run? You going to run? Okay, run. But make sure you're reading those pass plays first, and that's what Russ is doing. Yep, absolutely. But at the same time, if there's man coverage across the board and Russell Wilson sees a massive rushing lane, he's going to take defenders backs or to him. Yeah, he's going to run. Absolutely. So those situations where running makes sense, that's when you're going to see it. The hope is that we're going to see Russ leave clean pockets less. That's one issue that I had with him last year was that he abandoned clean pockets way too frequently. And... I'm hoping we actually can see Russ play within structure this year. That's what Sean Payton is going to try to get out of him. But at the same time, there will always be those plays where the protection breaks down or someone blows their assignment or something along those lines. And Russ is going to have to continue to make those Russell Wilson-type off-schedule plays. Mm-hmm. And those will always still be there. Yeah, and those are plays that only Russell Wilson can make. I mean, and there are others, but still, like of the options that you have... It's Russell Wilson. But the way that I like it is it's set up so that, okay, Russ, run my offense. My offense works. Sean Payton's offense works. It's proven. It's tried and true. There is no doubt. And if the play isn't there or if the play breaks down or if it's man or whatever, 
Now you can improvise. Now you can go be rough. And I think it's that freedom of allowing him, like, I want you to run the system. I don't want you just willy-nilly, just do whatever. Like Hackett did. Like, I don't know, how Sierra Russ. Like, that's all Hackett did. Now it's do this, and you can't do that other stuff if it's there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all about taking what the defense gives you. Sean Payton is going to demand that Russell Wilson takes what the defense gives him. And if he doesn't do that, then there are going to be problems for the dynamic of this offense. Yeah. And we'll see what Russell Wilson does. It's Cecil Lammy Gage Madrid, my special guest from Denver Broncos Syndicate. And with me and Russell Wilson, I don't need to see him fill the air with footballs. I need to see him stay healthy and make those shot plays, those moon balls, as you talk about, like make him at the right time. Don't force it, as you mentioned, abandoning clean pockets. I don't want to see any of that. I want to see him set up to take those shots, and there will be opportunity, especially with a young man, Marvin Mims, who, speaking of getting it better, notice how Russell Wilson got better during training camp as Marvin Mims got better during training camp. They almost did it at the same time, and I think, not revealing what I saw the last three days, Marvin Mims is going to be more involved in this offense than people think. And with that speed, yeah, set him up for some of those moon balls. Russell Wilson had Tyler Lockett for all of those years in Seattle. I mean, Marvin Mims could fill a very Do you similar, see some Lockett to his game? I, I mean, I do in the to the extent of the speed and maybe the size, but I don't think they're exactly the same player. I think Tyler Lockett's kind of one of his own, essentially. But I feel like just in terms of role, that could be a very similar How about this? Vision. And I wrote about this on Mile High Monday. I know you read it at DenverSports.com. Hit me with it. Emmanuel Sanders. Oh. Is Marvin Mims and that catch... Remember against the Rams, he caught one that wasn't real well thrown, Mm -hmm. and he had to kind of go get it a little bit. It was a little bit low. It was a little bit behind him. You know who would do that? E. Yeah. And E going to do E, and E's going to get that pass. And Marvin Mims, with that speed that I saw at SMU, I saw Emmanuel Sanders at the 2010 Shrine game. That was when it was on Orlando. Clint Kubiak was at that game. Mm -hmm. TJ Ward was at that game. Uh, Clint Kubiak is a safety. Ward, obviously, is a safety. Some guy named Emmanuel Sanders is there. Got on my radar. I love Emmanuel Sanders. Dear friend. And I see, and this is high praise. I'm not just going to throw it out if it's just like, oh, he's like, he's kind of fast. No. Emmanuel Sanders could flip him ball. Okay? And I think Marvin Mims can do the same thing for this Broncos team. I love that comp. I absolutely love that comp. I mean, just the dog mentality that Emmanuel Sanders brought onto the field. I he's going to get it. He did. He was going to get it, man, and nobody wanted to mess with Emmanuel Sanders. Nobody wanted that smoke from him, and I feel like it's going to be that same that same thing for Marvin Mims. There's a reason why he was the Broncos' top overall pick. Mm-hmm. It is Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy, Gage Madrid from the Broncos Syndicate joining me, and the Broncos' defense has a playmaker that y'all haven't seen just yet. Not in the way that you will see him. We'll explain next. Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Denver Sports Tonight. Uh, it's Denver Sports Tonight. Cecil Lammy talking Broncos football. Everybody, Gage Madrid, Denver Broncos Syndicate, in here with me. What's your Twitter handle, Gage? At Gage Madrid NFL. At Gage Madrid NFL. Check him out and check out what we got to say about Drew Sanders. Now, we can't say a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I can't tell you based off the three days of practice, but let's do a little deductive reasoning, Gage. Shall we do that? Sure. Okay. Vance Joseph, a couple of weeks ago, said, hey, Drew Sanders, he's going to do some stuff that you haven't seen at training camp. 
So my brain went, okay, we've seen him stuff the run. We've seen him in coverage. He had a pick six, and hell, that was rookie minicamp. Yep. Um, what what we have seen him do? Oh, rush the passer. Oh, okay. Now, I can't tell you that's what Drew Sanders is going to do for the Broncos' defense, but if we're going to take Vance Joseph at his word, I think Drew Sanders could be this unstoppable beast on defense. I've said there's some Micah Parsons to his game. I'm not going to say he's Micah one-for-one. Right. But you watch this kid at practice with me. We're watching on the Hill. This kid's amazing. He's stupendous. It's unbelievable what Drew Sanders can do. And we haven't even seen everything from him yet. No, I mean, there's so much untapped potential with this cat. There's so many different things that he can do on defense. He can be utilized just in so many different facets. I'm so excited to watch Drew Sanders on Sundays, and we can really get into how the Broncos are using him because it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, and I think there's some fan-favorite rookies. Jalen McLaughlin, we already talked about, went on and on about him for 20 minutes. Uh, Marvin Mims, we've discussed. Drew Sanders is another one that, I mean, we're talking hit after hit after hit. And I don't, I'm not on board with George Payton on every pick, to be sure. But when you're talking about Drew Sanders, my number one inside linebacker in this class, and you're unleashing him, and this takes nothing away from Josie Jewell. It takes nothing away from Alex Singleton. They are great at what they do. What Drew Sanders can do is different from what they are. He can do things they can't do. Yeah, he can rush the passer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and just what Drew Sanders, the speed that he has, the I'm going to screw your night up on every single play <laughs> right, mentality right. that he has. Yes. I mean, we saw that on the interception where Stetson Bennett basically threw it right to him. Right. Now, you got to hang on to the rock. Yeah, exactly. And that was the coaching point. We saw it right on the sidelines afterwards. I believe it was Grant, Greg Minuski, the linebacker's coach, came up to him and was like, hey, buddy, ball security, great that you made the play. Now you got to put two hands under that thing and tuck it and make sure you're not going to give it right back to the offense. Right. But, I mean, we've seen that play playmaking ability from Drew Sanders already just as a pure coverage linebacker. And if if elements of a pass rusher can be integrated into his game, we can't, again, directly express how, but if those elements can be integrated into his game, then watch out. Drew Sanders could be a sneaky, massive contributor for this team. Are you okay with the Broncos winning ugly? Yes. Are you okay with the Broncos winning close games? Absolutely. Are you okay with just the Broncos winning? Yes. Because that's what I'm telling <laughs> fans. Like, don't expect, you know, 35 points. Don't expect 30 points. If it's 21-20 and they beat the Raiders, you know what I'm going to be saying? Good. Yep. Like, I don't care. Like, and defense is going to lead the way. As much as we talk about Russell Wilson and say Sean Payton's going to get the best out of him, at the end of the day, we know the best part of this team is that defense. Absolutely, and I know personally, I, as a football fan, enjoy watching those close-fought defensive slugfest games where there's physical hitting and one play really decides the outcome of the game. Right. I feel like those are a lot more heart-pounding and a lot more intense to watch than blowouts, which can, I mean, for the Chiefs fans, I know it's probably fun to watch, watch them blow out other teams almost on a weekly basis, but at the same time, I enjoy 
what comes out of a hard-earned, hard-fought victory, and that's how the Broncos are going to have to win football games this year. Yeah. I mean, they remind me quite a bit, actually, of the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars. They really do. And the Jaguars, they started off slow. They won or they lost a lot of close games. But as we saw in the back half of the year, they came back and they were able to turn the corner on their season and they were able to win those close games. So what do you think about a slow start this year? Like in the first four games. What if the Broncos are two and two after four? And I like, could very how are you, you, you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be advising because you got the finger on the pulse of the fan base, and we know there's going to be Russell haters. It do, I mean, it doesn't matter really what Russell does. There's going to be haters, but if they're two and two, if they beat the Raiders, they lose to the Commanders, lose to the Dolphins, and then beat Chicago. That's how I have it. That's a big if, by the way, to beat Chicago at Soldier Field. Are you going to be okay with that? Provided that you compare him to the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars, who finished strong and finished with a wild card victory against the Los Angeles Chargers as they choked away, what was that, 24-point lead? Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be okay with it if the team shows that they are competitive in those games. If they lose at the end because the play did not go their way that needed to go their way, then I will totally take that. Um, I know there are, there's going to be a large sector of the fan base that's going to disagree with me on this, but I, I have realistic expectations for the team this year. So if they go out there and they completely lay an egg on both sides of the ball in those games and just look like they are not even on the same competitive, lev- competitive level as even the Raiders or the Commanders, that's when I know I'll be waving my red flags, and I know a lot of fans will be waving the red flags as well. But I will say that if the Broncos start off a little bit slow, but they are competitive and they do show signs of progress in those games, I'd say take take a deep breath because as we get further and further down the schedule, I see games where the Broncos could very easily steal wins. I mean, I'm thinking Minnesota, I'm thinking Cleveland, I'm thinking Detroit, New England, those kind of games. But the team has to be able to get to that point and be in a competitive position by that point. They have to be sharper at that point point and for me personally I just want to beat the Jets because I can't stand Hackett and win one against KC please I'd say a home and home split with KC I'm not saying it's their Super Bowl this is Broncos football okay we're not going to be reduced to be like just please beat Kansas City but I was a junior in high school the last time the Broncos (laughs) beat the Chiefs Uh, it's been a minute it's been a minute that's for sure all right you hear that sweet Ronnie James Dio you know, that's a wrap. He's Gage Madrid, Denver Broncos Syndicate. Check him out on YouTube. Check him out on Twitter, X, whatever it is, at Gage Madrid NFL Gage. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for having me on, man. All right. KJ is the man in the box, and he does a fantastic job as always. So we'll continue the conversation about the Denver Broncos. It's denversports.com. Denver Sports Tonight. Want everyone to have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. I'll be off tomorrow. I believe it's Will and Jake. Correct me if I'm wrong, but either way, they'll be holding it down on Denver Sports tonight. Go to denversports.com, sign up for that free Denver Sports Daily. It's a daily newsletter, hot and fresh to your inbox with all the top Denver Sports news. That's the Denver Sports Daily. It is available at denversports.com. And because it's at the part, I'll have to say, Look out. And as always, just appreciate you guys. Appreciate Broncos country. We'll be revealing as much as we can. Orange and blue today, 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Make sure to check that out on our digital platforms. 
It's denversports.com for Gage Madrid, for KJ. I am Cecil Lammy saying, be safe, be kind, know you're appreciated. Stay tuned, and would you please stay frosty?